Hi, it's Randy with the Holistic Health Hotline. It's Friday night, um, the Friday after the elections, and uh, we all know the outcome. And half of the country is in mourning, and half of the country is jumping up and down in ecstasy. And uh, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast and going to the web pages, um, we did remove the Obama crimes web pages because once someone is elected, we try to respect their position in our government and in our country. And so if you're jumping to that page or looking for that information, um, we, we have removed it. We also removed, I think, three or four, maybe more, um, election-type podcasts, if you were looking for those again, uh, we took them off the Potomatic site because we're not going to talk about the elections anymore. Um, now is the time to try to heal from all this, and there's healing on both sides, actually. Um, there's a lot of expectations on one side, and as I've spoken about before, uh, our emotions run very high. The energy in motion, that's what emotions are, and we get great expectations of others. It's one of the things that hurts us the most, whether it's a relationship, um, a love relationship, romantic relationship, uh, or a relationship with your parents or your kids, or anybody in your life, even your friends, when you have expectations of them that they can't live up to, they break your heart. And I don't want, of course, any of you to end up with broken hearts. So, um, to begin healing, we have to first get rid of expectations because no one is ever going to live up to them. They can't. They won't. They don't know how. Um, other things get in the way. And then we start seeing things in a, in a whole different light because we have a vision of what they're supposed to be or how they're supposed to act or what they're supposed to do. And, and when they don't do that, um, that vision comes back to haunt us and we think that they're not who they're supposed to be and they're rotten and awful and and they hurt us. And um, if you've, I mean, I know you've all felt this before where you have had a friend or someone in your life who, who isn't perfect or you thought they were perfect, either way, and, um, and then if you thought they were perfect, they fall off the pedestal and you're not quite sure how you feel about it. Or if they weren't perfect to begin with and you had this high ideal of trying to change them or make them into that perfect image that you had in your, in your head somewhere um, and they don't live up to that, you end up brokenhearted and, um, and, and negative. <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever want to have another relationship again because you've been brokenhearted. They let you down. They did nothing to let you down. You let yourself down by having those expectations. So when we're looking at the bigger picture, when we're looking at um, this election, what, what's happened, this global thing that has happened in the United States, people already have gigantic expectations of this new administration. Um, all I can do is caution you, I guess, that they are still politicians. This is nothing new. And um, and by the way, all the things that I warned you about in the other podcasts and on the website and from a year and a half ago and six weeks ago when I when I warned you what was going to happen in Congress, there it's all happening. Um, so 
those should be the expectations. That this, you know, things are going to let you down. Things aren't going to be healed overnight. Um, this is not a miracle worker. This is not a messiah. This is not God. This is not something that that um, or somebody who can breathe life into a process that has been going on for um, uh, forever. The United States is in a long process. Um, it's a cycle. It's something that's happening and has been happening and foreseen for thousands of years, actually. Uh, and there are people who wrote about this um, a long time ago, and I had put that up on the website for a while. It was a uh, old letter from... <clears throat> uh, from Alexander Tyler was this guy. He was a Scottish history professor at the University of Edinburgh, for those of you who are up there listening to me. <clears throat> and he was talking about the Athenian Republic um, that had fallen some 2,000 years before 1787. And what he said was, a democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> from that moment on, the majority always vote for the candidates who promise the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always followed by a dictatorship. Now, this was written seven, uh, 1787 about the uh, uh, Athena, Athena, which is the Athenian Republic, 2,000 years before. Okay? The average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. During those 200 years, those nations always progressed through the following sequence. They went from bondage to spiritual faith. Now, it doesn't matter if you're white or black, okay? Don't, don't turn this into a, a race thing. Because the, 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 um, the uh, American Revolution was executed because of bondage to the King of England. Okay, so there's bondage on two levels here. So they, they, they start with bondage and go to spiritual faith. The next step is spiritual faith to great courage. That's actually the revolution itself, where they, took, they had the courage to um, even be hunted down as traitors, but to go to war to fight for their beliefs and to free themselves from that bondage. Um, then they move from courage to liberty. And there we go. We, we got our freedom. We got the Declaration of Independence from liberty to abundance. Now, that took a while. Um, we had to go through a, a long period of growth and, and um, depression, recession, the Great Depression, and some more wars. And then from abundance to complacency, which I would say started probably in the 70s, um, right after the 60s, right after the Vietnam War and all that stuff that happened then, people got complacent about what was happening in this country and just started thinking more um, about themselves and what they wanted. From complacency, we go to apathy, and I would say that 
over um, the last 15 years, all I have seen is apathy. That's when people didn't vote. They didn't go out to vote. They didn't care about voting. They, <laughs> they didn't care about what was happening in the country. It's the me generation. Everything was, I don't care, you know, as long as it doesn't affect me, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. That's apathy. Well, from apathy, we go to dependence. Because when you don't care long enough and you're not part of the process, you don't own the country that you're living in or the process that it's going through, um, you become dependent on that entity because you don't know how to be a part of it. So you expect the handouts. Um, you expect it, the government, it, to take care of you, to, to uh, you know, give you your food and give you your money and give you your place to live and give you your freedom instead of becoming a part of that process and, and believing that you are a part of that country. Um, so you go from apathy to dependence. We are there. We are in dependence. We are no longer independent. We are in dependence where people want the checks from the government and, and corporations want to be bailed out um, from their misery because they were so complacent and apathetic that they, that they have destroyed the companies that they were running and they were greedy. They were me people, me, me, me. Um, from dependence, we go back into bondage, which means we've lost our freedom. And this has happened over and over and over again. So Professor Joseph Olson from Henline University School of Law in St. Paul, Minnesota, pointed out some facts, not on this election, but from the, the Bush-Gore election um, in 2000, which was the beginning of this process that we're in now. The year 2000, the year 2012. This is our long transformation. The podcast right before this one is about the death and dying and the transformation that we're in. So try to understand it, that this is all, all happening um, in the big picture. It was all planned in, in the big picture for a long time. So just think about this. The number of states that were won by Gore were 19. Bush won 29. Big difference from this time. Um, yeah, there's a square mile thing too where Gore won about 580,000 square miles and Bush won two and a half million. The population of the counties won by Gore, 127 million to Bush's 143. But the murder rate per 100,000 residents in the counties won by Gore was 13.2%, where in Bush's counties, 143 million versus 127 is 2.1. So Professor Olson says, in an aggregate, the map of the territory Bush won was mostly the land owned by the tax-paying citizens of America. Gore's territory mostly encompassed those citizens living in government-owned tenements and living off various forms of government welfare. He believes the United States is now somewhere between the complacency and apathy phase that I talked about, with some 40% of the nation's population already reaching or had already reached the government dependency phase. Okay, now, we're in this big, huge phase right now of, of um, the next three years. We're, we're in the beginning of the worst, okay? And, and it was a year and a half ago that I did a podcast about what is happening now. 
and warned people about what was going to happen now. You notice, if for those of you who have been loyal listeners, I said so many times, money will not mean what it meant before, and it, it will eventually disappear, which we see happening before our eyes. And you have to know that you're going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. Your fortitude is going to be tested. Your unity is going to be tested. And it's not going to come from an icon. It's going to come from in your hearts. Okay, now, if we grant amnesty and citizenship to 20 million illegal aliens, um, we can say goodbye to the USA because they will vote for governmental dependency. And that puts people back into bondage. It's not that they are dumb or, or stupid or anything like that, but they've come from places where they expect they have expectations of America that are unrealistic because we've taught them that. We have taught people that they come here and the government takes care of them. We have taught them to expect checks and welfare and food and anything else that is going to take care of them because their countries didn't or they felt that they didn't. And <clears throat> what happens is now, what has happened just in this election is that the um, the voting process has been very similar to 2000, but even worse, that many, many, so many people have the expectation that now the government's going to take care of them, okay? Um, apathy has been there forever, and the bondage is coming. <laughs> and the bondage is the lack of freedom that we will all feel from what is happening uh, in our in our economy and what is happening within our hearts, um, I actually wrote an article this morning and sent it out to quite a few papers. <clears throat> I said, you know, the, really the best way to take care of this economic crisis is not bailing out GM and and <clears throat> insurance companies and all of that kind of stuff. It it would be for billions of dollars. There are 330 million people in the United States. Probably about 300 million of them have valid social security numbers and are over, over the age of 21. So just give each one of those people in that category a million dollars. That's 300 million dollars. A lot less than one trillion. Give each one a million dollars and they'll go out and they'll put it in the bank or invest it in insurance or annuities or in, in the stock market or buy cars or buy houses and the economy will jumpstart real, real fast because people will have the money that they need to do this rather than giving $65 billion to, a, to a, an insurance company so they can you know, go on a holiday somewhere, or $150 billion to a Wall Street firm so that they can um, pump up their parachutes and their, their pension plans for their CEOs. If you really want to start from the bottom up, just give everybody in America under those, those guidelines, you know, valid Social Security numbers, citizens who are over the age of 21, give them each a million dollars. And watch how the, the economy just booms because it'll change everybody's life. And that would be not spreading the wealth around, but learning how to um, give the wealth to the right people <laughs> instead of doing what they're doing now. And Pelosi, of course, is going to, it has already started another bailout plan. And Obama says he's trying to get it done before he gets into office. But if it doesn't get done, he'll do it as soon as he does get into office where they're going to nationalize the automobile industry. That means the government is in charge of what these um, automobile industries will build. And and whenever the government's in charge of anything, we're in trouble, whether it's health care or, or um, 
Wall Street or whatever. You know what they did with the first bailout money instead of um, doing what they were supposed to do and putting some guidelines and checks in there. They just bought stock in the banks. So now we're shareholders. That doesn't mean anything. We're not, um, you know, we're not majority shareholders. We just own shares in banks who are hoarding the money and not loaning, them, loaning it to anybody. And we all said no, didn't we? We all wrote or called or did whatever we could and said we didn't want the bailout package. We don't want the bailout package for GM either. You know, my mother drives a GM car, and, and I have known that company all my life. But it would be good for them to go bankrupt and to go through a cleansing process, clean out all the people who have run the company into the ground, and... Um, go into bankruptcy protection and reorganize and, and rebuild without being under the auspices or the control of the United States government. It would just be, that's just dumb, and it's going to get us in more trouble. So I'm not really talking politics. I'm talking about expectations and broken hearts. And again, when I teach people how to how to learn to heal themselves. One of the things I do with them is empower them to take charge of their own health. That is so important in healing. You have to feel empowered that you understand enough about your body, about the the health and imbalance processes that go on so that you can take charge of what's happening and, and know which information is good information and which information should be ignored. And to not have expectations, to have faith, which there is a big difference between expectations and faith. So so when I when I deal with people's bodies, minds and spirits on an individual level, I spend a lot of time and a lot of energy empowering them to take control, to take charge through education, teaching them, you know, anatomy, physiology, pathology, kinesiology, every kind of ology you can think of, and then psychology and theology, the other ologies that deal with the mind and, and the uh, the mental processes and the spirit side um, because our spirits are often left out when we do any of these things so as a country if you, we're, we're a microcosm as an individual but as a country we have a lot of healing to do too that means getting educated about the body mind spirit of the United States of America now what's happening with the body mind spirit of the USA think about it um, the USA itself, the country itself, the, the infrastructure, the buildings, the roads, the bridges, all that stuff, that's deteriorating. That's the body actually breaking down. The mental state is the one we have to worry about, along with the spiritual side, because the mental state is still greed and oneness with only individuals in power. It's not oneness united across the states. It's oneness with people in power. And the the spiritual side obviously was challenged during this election. Uh, it, you can't even make sense out of why some people voted one way when they believe another way um, spiritually and vice versa. You know, and, and it comes down to being labeled as issues. You know, people were voting for... Um, People who are, uh, well, I don't even know how to, there's a lot of instances, but let's just take one. You know, people who are really pro-life, who voted for Obama, who is totally the opposite of pro-life, because they don't understand 
where they stand, first of all, and where he stands, and where the Democratic Party stands. So they voted totally opposite of what their spirits told them to do. To do. Now that's weird to me, but it, but again, it maybe is not because when people are really sick, which I think our country is, and and again back in October of last year. So if you go back to the podcast, I think you find it in October 2007, I did a podcast that said my country is dying. And, and that's what it was about. It's not just the air, the water, or the birds, you know. Um, it's, it's the mind, body, and spirit of the country that I live in. And it's a sad thing to me. I mean, it, I've, I've been tearful for days. And I'm sorry I've been off the air for a few days. So I didn't know how to come back into this um, in a positive way to try to get people to a point of not just anger, not, you know, resentment or, or not just blind um, joy for whatever reasons, whether it was, was race reasons or hope reasons or whatever the reasons were, but to come to a center point that says, you know, these are still politicians. They, this is still the government that is interfering in your life. And as people, as the people of this Republic of America, we own this country and we're responsible for taking care of it. So we have to be empowered to take charge of what's going on and not allow rampant disease, not allow um, uh, people to be irresponsible with things that affect us and will affect our lives and not only our lives but those of our kids and grandchildren and at this point our great-grandchildren you know we move up to three four four fourteen fifteen sixteen trillion dollars worth of debt our kids and their kids and their kids are going to be paying for this for the rest of their lives and what does that mean that means taxation higher than you've ever seen and and services that don't exist and the inability to get ahead or to do what we've done with our lives um, the inability to provide for any generation after them I mean it's just going to build up to a big thing on the other hand, maybe it won't because we're in this three-year process now to the year 2012 where it's going to be so chaotic um, with so much upheaval that those with the faith and with true a true belief system and a true connection to God will be okay. And those who have gone the other way, who want God off of, of our currency and God out of schools and God not in the Pledge of Allegiance, all of those kinds of things, everybody who's fallen away from God um, will be in big trouble and, and, and won't be here or will disintegrate. I don't know what they're going to do because I'm not God. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that the United States of America is a chosen place and was chosen by God for a reason, to teach us many, many things. And the people, the mostly men, but it was women behind them, so the people who formed this country came from a godly place, and they thanked God constantly for, for this place called the USA. In fact... Most of our memorials are built around the idea that God is there. I mean, <clears throat> we have the, the commandments on buildings. We have oh, the Washington Monument. Do you know about the Washington Monument? It's, it's quite an incredible thing. Nothing can be higher. No building, no, no um, steeple, no memorial can be higher than the Washington Monument. That's, it's written that way, that the Washington Monument was built to be... Um, I think it's, I don't know, 555 feet or something like that. And that's as high as anything can be in Washington, D.C., okay? Um, 
There's lots of things about the monument that are real interesting. Uh, <clears throat> there's an aluminum cap on top of the Washington Monument, <clears throat> excuse me, with two words on it, Laos Deo. Laos Deo. Okay, you can't see them, okay? In fact, most people are probably don't even know they're there because they're too far away. But um, it's 555 feet high, and the letters um, are 5.125 inches high, so they're not very big. But the, and it faces skyward, skyward, overlooking 69 square miles of Washington, D.C. Um, what they mean is, what Laos Deo means is praise be to God. Okay, this it was constructed around um, 1848, I think, but it wasn't until like 1888 that it was inaugurated and opened to the public. So it took 25 years to finally cap the memorial with a tribute to God. If you go to the top, you get this panoramic view of Washington D.C. It's divided into four major segments. That comes somewhat from Native American, the, f the four directions of Native American, just so you know. So northeast, west, and south. And isn't it interesting that those letters form the word news? If you go to the top from that vantage point, you can see the original plan of um, the designer of Washington D.C., who was Pierre Charles Lafont. He was a uh, a French designer. What what he did was, <clears throat> if you look from the top, you have the White House to the north, the Jeff Jefferson Memorial to the south, the Capitol to the east, and the Lincoln Memorial to the west. The four directions. It also forms a cross. Okay, it's a cross. Now you say, oh, well, you're not supposed to have that because of separation of church and state. <clears throat> well. Separation of church and state was not and is not in the Constitution. Um, it's, it wasn't supposed to be because the, the separation of church and state was developed to, to protect the church, not the state. It was to protect the church from the state becoming involved in church activities and saying what should happen in the church. It wasn't separated so that the church wouldn't be involved in what was happening with the country. <coughs> Anyway, it's an interesting thing. It's laid out. Um, the the cornerstone was laid out on July fourth, in eighteen forty eight. And inside of the cornerstone, there's a Bible and um, uh, and some words that talk about praise be to God. Okay, and the prayer. Um, it's Washington's prayer. It's pretty interesting. It actually says, <clears throat> we make our earnest prayer that thou will keep the United States in thy holy protection, that thou will incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large. And finally, that thou will most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and without a humble imitation of whose example in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation. Grant our supplication, we beseech thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So it is a country formed on God and the belief in Jesus. Um, and it's important that people remember that, because our country is kind of going the other way. <laughs> Okay, and remember there's a psalm that says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So we need to get back to God somehow. And that doesn't mean Allah and Buddha and, and all of that. That means God. So whenever somebody 
preaches to you that our country is now um, so diverse that we need to get away from religions and not have God on this and God on that because we have you know um, Buddhists and Muslims and atheists and all of that stuff well they came here that's true but they should have known when they came to this country that it is a country born under God and if you don't want to be in a country that believes in God then you shouldn't come here especially just for government handouts you shouldn't have the expectation that you're going to change the country that you're going to and you should also know if you're coming here that the the language of our nation is English so you shouldn't expect you shouldn't have expectations that we're going to change it to your language because there's 10,000 of you and only 8,000 of us left. That's not going to work either. There will be fights over that. There will be revolution over that. If somebody, I said the other day, somebody tries to take my God from me, I will take my God with me and go after them because I am a spiritual warrior. Um, anyway, to, to heal, we have to know this history and know that these things were here so that we can get back to it. It doesn't matter what party you voted for or what party you're part of. It's important to know that the first party is the nation's party. Um, <clears throat> this is our country. Now, we have new leadership coming into our country, which some of us agree with and some don't. The main thing to remember is that it's our country. If in your heart and soul anything tells you that there is something wrong, that the greater good is not being done for this country, then you need to fight to save it. If that's fighting with words or with actions or with prayers or with energy or with anything in your heart and soul, then you need to fight to save it because um, it's it's really not that hard to figure out. You just ask the two questions. Is or are all the people involved coming from a place of love? If they are, great. Now, if what are what they are doing or saying, is that coming with the greater good in mind? In other words, are they acting um, with the expectation of doing the highest and greatest good for everyone, not just for themselves and not just for a few or a, a niche. A niche. Uh, they need to be doing it for everyone and there are just so many things going on that are not for everyone. The infighting, the party lines, all the stuff that's happening is, is very ego-centered. It's very self-centered. Um, it's very political, uh, based not in love at all and not for the greater good of everyone. So I know a lot of people who voted for Barack Obama have the hopes and faith in their hearts that this will finally be someone who does everything for the greater good. I'm, I'm already disappointed because all the people that he's putting into his cabinet positions are, um, are Chicago hoods. <laughs> Basically, and you know, if you've ever read about his history, you'll know that where these people are coming from, and he owes a lot of favors. And I'm not sure that he's ready to not provide what he told everyone he was going to provide in his favors, and and that's not for the greater good in the end. So those of you who are are um, on that side, I I I will stand with you and help you heal from whatever's going to happen. And those of you who didn't vote for Obama and felt the pain of loss in uh, McCain and Palin, I will also stand with you because I know what that feels like. And those of you who were really Palin supporters, um, 
so am I. And I think the woman is being just totally destroyed by all those egocentrists who are afraid of her. <laughs> so they're coming from fear, not from love, okay? There's only two emotions, fear and love. And you put all this stuff together that I just talked about and understand that the beginning of healing is to be educated and then to begin through faith and self-knowledge to garner the power to garner the strength to begin to heal and healing hurts healing is hard it doesn't just come overnight it doesn't come you know from somebody breathing on you or talking to you it comes from you taking charge and, and being empowered to take charge of that healing oh, and that's enough for today I will be better in a couple of days and again I have removed the Obama crimes page so don't try to find it and I have also removed um I think four of the podcasts that deal with all the stuff that uh, the the terrible three in Congress and everything else, what's going to happen there. But the prophecy ones are still up there, and um, the one about death and global global death and is still up there. And there's lots of podcasts from from like I said a year and a half ago that are still up on the site that talk about what was what's been happening, what is happening right now. The next thing you're going to see, as far as the prophecies go. Uh, you will see now nations rising up against each other in testing, and you will see as as the winter comes and then spring, and I'm, I'm telling you this way ahead of time, um, more things happening with extreme weather than you've ever seen before because each nation that is doing all these different things has to be tested or brought down. and. And Mother Nature, God, the forces of the universe will will start testing and taking care of this. So be prepared. You know, does that mean you know go hide in the corner? No, it means keep your faith. Do you say your prayers? Whatever keeps you strong. Um, know how to survive under different circumstances. That means if you've lost all of your money, how do you how are you going to survive without money? So well, there's lots of ways. Build up your communities and and and. Um, know how to make food from things that you never made before or how to make food be like two loaves and fishes and go further than you thought it could and um, start doing some of the things that bring you back into spirit and in connection with God and your universe and, and the earth around you and as an American um, start getting and helping others to be more grateful for where we live and how we have lived because those times are changing and they're going to continue to change and it's just going to be something that people can't handle sometimes. Um, watch out for the children. The children are not only trying to teach their parents but they're also going to be left behind or um, uh, abused because they become the scapegoats for everyone's anger and fear. So be very, very cognizant of what's happening with all the children around you, even if it's in a grocery store or, or the other kids at school when you pick up your child or whatever. Even if you don't have kids, be very cognizant because the kids get kicked around like dogs, and, um, and they will be because of the anger and the frustration and the fear that people are starting to feel. You've already heard about people shooting their kids and then themselves because they don't know what else to do. So be very, very aware of that. If we have no other thing that we can do, um, throughout the whole world as this is a global problem it's to watch out for the kids if you're over the age of 21 that's your responsibility 
Okay, I will be back. Um, go to earthwalk-usa.com. There's still a lot of other stuff on there. You won't find the Obama stuff, but you will find other stuff. And I will be adding uh, another page of healing stuff um, within the next week or so. And I will announce that here, but keep it up on the, the podcast too, So, uh, and keep it up on the webpage. So earthwalk-usa.com. This is Raina G. I thank you for listening, and, and keep the faith and feel strong.